0: The Get Rich Slow Club podcast is a
2: collaboration between Tash Etchman from Tash Invest and Anna Christina from Perla. The Get Rich Slow Club acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we record on. From coast to coast, across land, waters and communities, we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you.
3: Welcome to the Get Rich Slow Club podcast, where we take you from beginner to confident investor, where we can teach you everything you need to know about investing. So come get rich slow with us.
4: Narina Arrakis is a financial advisor, a founding partner of Guideway Financial Services, a mom to two boys, and she's here to talk about all things insurances. We are so excited for this episode.
3: This is a great episode, especially if you're not sure if you should get insurance, why you would need insurance, when you would need insurance, and when you shouldn't buy insurance. So definitely check it out.
4: We are so excited to get into today's episode, but let's start with our money wins and money losses first. Do you want to go first, Anna? Uh, yes.
3: I saved $7.95 on shipping. I don't know what it is about shipping, but whenever I see that I have to pay for shipping, I get so discouraged. I think it's just the money psychology of having to pay for shipping. And so I use the app Honey that's connected to my, my Chrome browser. Mm-hmm. And it. It gave me a coupon for saving on shipping. So I saved seven ninety five on hats that I had to get summer on hats, hats for, for, for for the kids. Okay. <laughs> I know, but it's not a big deal, but I don't know what it is. Like, I just felt better. Well, it's a wasted cost, isn't exactly. it? Like, you don't get anything for, it. well,
5: obviously shipping, but it's, you don't get an extra hat. Yeah, or something.
3: Yeah. And and there's the the psychology around that. If you see that something has free shipping, we feel more inclined to buy, even if the cost is higher. That is something that marketing does. Yeah. So it it was definitely something I didn't want to pay. So seven ninety five is what I say. on Save. shipping. Yay
4: for Honey the browser plugin. It's pretty cool, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's good.
5: Narina, do you have one for us? Uh, I do. I've got a really good one this week that I think. Anna's going to love because I love cooking and I love economical cooking that's efficient. So I went to supermarket, got a whole leg of lamb and my fabulous husband deboned it, which he assures me you can teach yourself how to do on YouTube. Yes. video clips, apparently. Amazing. So I've got a bone and I've got a big hunk of meat and the bone went into a pot and made a huge pot of vegetable soup. Soup. Oh, and then delicious. the hunk of lamb got turned into a roast and that was dinner Sunday night. And now I've got lunch for three days out of one piece of meat. So amazing! I was impressed that that was my money win this week. Oh, good job. That one's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> your husband deboning it is pretty great yeah, as well. Yeah, I know. Well, and he tells me he can do chicken too. So I'm like, okay, chicken next week. Amazing. So let's try
3: that. Yeah. And then you can put it in the freezer too. If you have leftovers and soup and you're all set for the week. Exactly. Right. So that's my money win this week. That is a win. Yeah.
4: My money win is I flew back to Perth for only $56 because I used points and I booked it very last minute. Yeah. So very exciting. exciting. Yeah.
3: Points for the win. Yeah. Definitely.
4: Okay. Let's start by Narina. Can you start by explaining what personal insurance is and what the different types are?
5: I can, but can we go back a step first? Because I think let's start, first of all, talking about, yes, what personal insurance is, but why we need it. Because the minute you say insurance, half your listeners would have tuned out yeah. already. Because let's be honest, it's super boring. Who wants to talk <laughs> about insurance? I Insurance, tax and estate planning, clients' eyes just glaze over. And it's just one of those topics that is really important, really needed. But until you've understood a bit about it, you can't value it. So, if we start firstly looking at, at why we need insurance, because if we start with another example, let's think about car insurance. So, you buy a car, the first thing you do is buy comprehensive car insurance. Mm-hmm. And automatically, you, you just do that. And you would spend on average about twelve dollars dollars a year on comprehensive car insurance. So, you, that's your annual cost, and your car's valued at what, $20,000, $30,000? But we don't insure ourselves. So yeah. you think about what your worth is yeah. far more than a car. But if I say to you, Anna, I need you to pay for insurance policy on yourself and your ability to generate an income, and it's going to cost you twelve hundred dollars a year, yeah, you'd, you'd probably question it and you'd say, "Is this something I really need? Is this something I need to do?" So I think we've got to understand how important. Insurance actually is. And when we look at the car insurance, that's just something we automatically do. Whereas those personal insurances and ensuring our ability to generate an income becomes really important.
3: I wonder if it's a psychological thing, you know, a car is a thing and you know that it can get broken, but it's really hard to grapple with the idea that something can happen to you.
5: Exactly. And there's some really good stats around this. So if you imagine 25 year old, think of your six closest girlfriends. One in seven women will be diagnosed with breast cancer before they're seventy-five. Yep. Like there's some really frightening stats about about things like most common in women's breast cancer. In men, it's like one in four or one in five with prostate cancer. So the chance of you claiming on an insurance policy is three out of four people would have been eligible to claim on an insurance policy had they had one at the time of suffering an illness or or a medical event or a, um, an accident or something like that. So it's hard to sort of conceptualise that day to day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really, like I've been recommending insurance for years, but it really hit home a couple of years ago when a 40-year-old girlfriend was diagnosed with breast cancer. So she just turned 40, breast cancer, started working through, okay, what's my treatment going to be? Which hospital am I going to go to? Chemo, radio, all of that, to discover that her health insurance covered the treatments, but did not cover breast reconstruction surgery. Oh no! So she had to have a mastectomy of one side. Yeah. And her health insurance did not cover that. Fortunately, she had a trauma policy which paid out a lump sum because it cost her twenty five grand. Wow. Out of pocket. Wow. So, and at the age of forty, you don't want to be. You don't want that as your outcome. So, I mean, she says the silver lining of her going through that is she got a boob job because she's positive. I like the positivity. Um, but the only reason she could facilitate that was because she had that trauma policy yeah. that paid out that money. Because who's got 25 grand laying around yeah, that, just
4: that they on. can use? Especially all the other that. stuff that goes on when you're so stressed about having breast cancer and the emotions that come with that. The last
3: thing you want to do is be finding $25,000. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're taking time off work or, you know, what if you have to look after. someone, some caregiving, like there's so many different implications. I feel really passionate about this. I'm very excited to talk about insurance. I'm probably (laughs) one one of the minority. Yeah, because I haven't really thought about it as well as my life has changed in the fact that I have kids now. I own a house or the bank does, I should say. But nonetheless, these are changes that have happened from when I was single and looking after myself. And I'm assuming it's Probably always a good time to look at insurance when these changes in your life happen. Yeah,
5: definitely. There's key events where it does trigger the need to revisit insurance. Yep. Um, and we'll cover off on some of what they are, but I think you just insurance is it's a cost. It's an expense. It's not exciting like an ETF portfolio where you're allocating your money every month and you're seeing something for it. But it's it's one of those things you hope you never need because if you pay for it and you never use it, that's a great that's outcome. Good. Yeah. yeah, I think
4: we will look at it and we're like, oh, that, that'll never happen to me. Yep. I think it really hit home for me when I was studying occupational therapy and I did practice spinal ward and seeing how people's lives can change so quickly and they're just left in a different position for the rest of their life. And so many people are like, oh, the NDAs would cover me, but that doesn't cover so many things for so many people.
5: Exactly. And I think we've got to be um, advocates for it. We've got to be proactive about saying this may never happen. I hope it never happens. But, and there's so many things that can happen, which is what the different types of insurance try and cover off. So the, the one thing you don't have to worry about is the finances. You can just focus on the rehabilitation and focus on,
3: you know, getting your health back as opposed to that financial impact. Maybe insurance needs a new branding, kind of like it's your emergency fund, you know, for life, but like have a fun tagline to it, you know, so you get excited. There you go, like, There's a new book. There's yeah, a new business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have a fun tagline? Oh, uh, no, but I'm going to think a great of one, one actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> i have to make a rap. Anna
4: was
5: rapping yesterday. Yeah.
3: Oh. <laughs> I have many talents. Yes. But. <laughs> yeah. So going back to insurance, what are the different types that people should be aware of?
5: Okay. So when it comes to personal insurances, there's four main types that we need to focus on. So the first one's death insurance or life insurance, which is pretty straightforward. I mean, it covers you for a lump sum if you were to pass away or to have a terminal illness. So often it will pay out if there's a terminal illness. Um, so that that's your first, and that's probably one of the cheaper ones because, it's pretty black and white Mm -hmm. the next type of insurance we talk about is total permanent disability so again it's a lump sum benefit and it will pay out if you are permanently disabled and the definition of that Mm -hmm. is very opaque it is not it depends on the insurer it depends on the policy but you basically need to not be able to look after yourself and have suffered a permanent disability that prevents you being able to work in order to be eligible for that lump sum payment. So that's probably one of the harder insurances to satisfy the definition of. But if you imagine if you're in your 20s and you suffer a really bad car accident or you have a stroke or something really significant like that and you can no longer work, this would provide a lump sum that would replace your salary for the rest of your life mm-hmm. because um, NDIS or disability support pension or even a TAC payout wouldn't be sufficient to be able to provide no. th- that, that Especially level of income. NDIS
4: as well. People don't realise what it actually covers and, like, yes, you yeah. can pay for therapies and stuff with it but you can't generally cover housing unless you need to be in a 24-7 care facility. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't cover
5: a lot of stuff. And just cost of living yeah, and yeah. just having a life yeah. because even if you if you go through one of these types of illnesses or events, you still have want some quality of life after it. So that's total and permanent disability. And there's different definitions. So there's something called own occupation and any occupation. So own occupation is your job that you actually do. And that's the the, um, tightest definition in that that's the sort of policy that you actually want is that one. Any occupation is any occupation that you're suitably qualified to do. So you imagine that you're a CEO running a business or even if we make it a bit more realistic, maybe if you're working in a marketing role in an office-based um, environment and you suffer an accident that means that you could no longer do do that work but you might be able to do an administration role or something a little more junior that's a bit less demanding, then that, that won't pay out. You won't satisfy the condition because right. there are other occupations you can do that you are suitably trained And there's trained so many jobs do. that they could say, oh, you're just suitable. For that, yeah, yeah. you might and not look,
3: be making the same income. Exactly is right. Big difference,
5: that's right? It. So yeah. the own and any occupation definitions are quite important when it comes to TPD or total permanent disability insurance.
4: Are the ones that are usually in your super any occupation? If it's just automatically exactly, applied?
5: yeah, because you cannot have own occupation when it's in super. Oh, so that's okay. a really important differentiation between. Policies outside and policies inside a super is that definition. Mm. So insurance loves definitions. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's used a lot. And there's pages and pages of product disclosure statements yep. to read on the definitions. Yeah, fun. <laughs> yes.
4: yeah. I remember when I first went to get insurance, I was a support worker working in group homes, which is considered quite high risk, and it was yeah, really yeah. expensive to get a lot of things. It would be. Yeah. Yep. So I only got the TPD one and I didn't bother with income insurance because it was so expensive back then it yeah. wasn't worth it. Yeah. But now I work this job. I should go get it renewed. Yeah,
5: exactly. <laughs> so up. You're far lower risk now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that that's the TPD cover, and then income protection, which is probably um a very common insurance. And income protection is, as it sounds, designed to cover income for a period of time, and. The the trick with income protection is understanding the waiting period and understanding the benefit period. Mm -hmm. So the waiting period is how long you have to wait until you can claim and often it'll be 90 days, sometimes 60, sometimes 30, but – you've got to think of how much sick leave yeah. because we move around employers. Well, I don't. I tend to stay. I've, I've, I'm up for long service. Can you believe it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you move around a bit in employment, you don't build up that bank of sick leave and some industries don't. Yeah, well, we don't have. have
4: t- I don't have sick leave working for myself. So many of my friends are freelancers or contractors and don't have sick
5: leave either. Exactly right. So mm. you need to be able to self-fund for a period and then your waiting period might be 30, 60, 90 days. But during that time, you're not eligible to claim your income protection. And then after that time, you insure for a portion of your income. Now it can be up to 70% generally of what you can insure plus super. So you can't do 100%. So it will be a lower income, but it is designed to replace your basic costs of living and some of those basic costs. That you need um, and then it may pay for a maximum of two years it may pay to age 60 or 65 so again depends. it depends on the policy depends on the definitions and the it'd be interesting to look at the
4: automatic super policies and see what they actually cover and what those waiting periods and the percentages are yeah so and I it varies being, greatly yeah between i remember being really surprised yeah. when i got offered something and it was like 55 percent of your income i was like ah oh, that yeah. feels like nothing
5: yeah and the default covers often well under to what your actual income would be so you need to tailor it to what your your income levels are and they change, don't they?
4: Yeah, especially they when I was a support worker. Like some yeah. weeks I was working and earning five grand and other weeks I wouldn't get a shift. So trying to average that out when yeah. you actually would claim would be very interesting.
5: Well, and they do look back, most insurers look back 12 to 24 months as to what your income has been and work out an average consultants or those who are invoicing on a quarterly basis or, or those sorts of incomes. But it's a tricky one, income protection insurance, and you've really got to look at what it covers and that there's no exclusions and and all the terms of what, what it will actually pay out for. And it's also an interesting one when women go on maternity leave because yes. your income is changing. And yeah. every insurance fund is a bit different as to what they will cover you for during that time. And you've got to be careful you're not paying premiums. For something that you wouldn't actually be eligible to claim. So some funds, super funds, if we're talking super, will allow you to take a premium break. Like um, I won't mention specific funds <laughs> but um some funds will allow you to do that um whereas if you go outside of super generally it will still pay so in different oh, terms okay. and conditions depending on on what sort of policy you've got and who it's with i just keep hearing go
4: outside super but we'll get to that soon yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: have we got one more trauma, trauma. we do yeah. trauma and this is the big one because i'm a real advocate of trauma because i, I know a number of if we're likely to claim something it's going to be trauma Trauma covers for specific illnesses and there's a list. Every insurer will provide you with a list but they're pretty common and it's mainly your cancers, heart attack, stroke and loss of a limb or something like that and it will pay out a lump sum. I don't know. I've read read the list
4: on travel insurance as well. It's like if you lose one arm and one leg, you get this. If you lose one eyeball and one finger, you get this and all the different combinations of limbs that you can
5: lose. Exactly. (laughs) I know. It's a huge part of insurance and you just hope it never
3: it happens. never comes to yeah, that.
5: Yeah. And look, realistically, it's more likely going to be a cancer or a heart attack or a stroke or something like that. And it pays a lump sum um, and th- that lump sum will help you while you're off work for a time. It'll help pay for treatment and things like that. It's not designed to replace an income for too long. It's not designed to pay off a mortgage or do anything like that like some of the other insurances do. Mm-hmm. So you- your trauma cover tends to be for a smaller amount and the life TPD it tends to be a higher amount and then your income protection is linked with what your income mm-hmm. actually is. So they're the four personal
3: insurances that we talk about in financial planning. Yeah. So, so to t- recap the four, life insurance, total and permanent disability, income protection, and trauma. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> in case anyone got lost. Yes. <laughs> so many different ones. That, yeah. So, so, so many yeah. different ones. And all the
5: ins and outs of it. Exactly.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yep. When should someone start considering these insurances?
5: <laughs> Look, obviously when a key events in your life like having a baby like getting your first mortgage whenever you're taking on financial responsibility mm-hmm. and and you've got to revisit your insurances as those key events occur as well um so that's the first um trigger point that we sort of talk about in terms of insurances the next one is um when you get your super fund mm-hmm. because as soon as you start working you'll have a super fund and that will have default cover mm-hmm. you may or may not need like you were savvy like enough to to have a look at what you had in your super fund when you were previously working but it's um it can be a wasted cost if you don't need it at the age of 21 when you've got no financial dependence and you're automatically insured for two hundred and fifty thousand of death cover yeah i remember looking at that and
4: seeing like well who am i going to support when i die like no one at
5: the moment there's no need for it Exactly. So that's when you start really thinking about it. The mortgage is a big one when you start taking on debt and when you start having family. So that's probably the two big,
3: big trigger points. Yeah. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about inside super and outside of super insurance. What is the benefit of either and why would you choose one over the other? Yeah.
5: Okay. So there's quite a bit to consider because they're very different policies that you will get inside of super versus outside of super. So Let's start firstly with cash flow because the main reason people take insurance out in super is because they can use their employer contributions mm-hmm. to fund the premiums. So it doesn't take anything away from your cash flow and it allows you to get some insurance without affecting your bottom line because you just might not have the cash flow mm-hmm. outside of your net income to be able to, to pay the premium. So in super, you can use what your employer is contributing to pay for those premiums. But it does erode your super balance and you've got a way up that over time it will be taking away some of what your employer is contributing. If your premiums are 1500 a year, for example, that's 1500 that could have been saved for your retirement. So it is still a cost. And you're then just- the
3: compounding effect of that. Yeah.
5: Exactly kept, right? right. And yeah. you imagine if yeah. you're doing this in your 20s. And you've got a 30-year minimum working life. You have to do the math on on the
3: loss of uh, compounding over that time. It's actually
5: a little frightening some of the figures that they generate on that. So that's – and what I say to clients is if you're going to do it through super, try and do some salary sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So if you can afford – and even not maybe the full amount, but if you could still salary sacrifice $30 a week, that will help replace some of that cost and you're doing it on a pre-tax basis. So it's really a tax-effective way of – having the insurance within super not affecting your net income cash flow other than sort of trying to do that little bit of salary sacrifice which if you do $30 a week it might be $20 out of your pocket so it's a tax effective way of of managing the cash flow
3: that's a really great point yeah
5: yeah so that that's one advantage of having the insurance within super you've combined all three of the fun topics super insurance and tax yeah (laughs) exactly all in one question But it sounds great (laughs) Um, now, underwriting is another one. So underwriting is the process you have to go through to get an insurance policy. And underwriting can be quite involved, particularly if you go outside of super. You've got to fill out a health questionnaire. You have to disclose absolutely everything about your health history, doctor's reports, all of that sort of thing. Often in super, the underwriting process, because it's a group policy that you're getting, it's not an individual ah. policy. So because it's a group policy, it's what they call a short form questionnaire and there's a lot less questions and um, often the default cover, you don't even answer any questions. You just get that cover automatically. So the underwriting process can be significantly easier when you have insurance in the super rather than going going outside. Yeah.
4: A little bit of a detour here, but I've heard some people say they're worried about going to a psychologist because it might look bad when they go and try and get insurances.
5: Yeah. Cause they'll get a mental health exclusion. Really? Absolutely. Okay. So if you, if you've seen a psychologist, if you've been on medication for a period, even if it was for a time, often a group policy will knock you back. So, cause you have to declare everything. You have to disclose absolutely everything when you apply for insurance. So if there's a question, have you had psychological support in the past. You know, there's always a mental health question because that is one of the common claims, particularly yeah. in young women, is mental Because there's so health. many people
4: who've just seen a psychologist or a counsellor once
5: off. Yep. That's and huge. It, and it may, depending on the insurer, but sometimes a group policy will, you, you'll be knocked back for it because you've deemed to have a history and in a group policy they can't do exclusions. So the group policy you get that automatically in your super fund? You, at a certain level. But if you want to extend it, that's when you go to more questions. So sometimes there'll be like five questions. Have you ever claimed before? Um, sort of more high-level questions. Have you had a work cover payment before? Have you had an insurance event? And normally a 20-year-old's no, no, no. And then they get that default cover. Then if you want to increase it, or, or um, change it, then that's when you go to that short form questionnaire and you've got to answer more in depth questions.
4: What happens if you've got the group policy, you've said no to everything, and then you see a psychologist? If you try and claim in the future, will they knock you back because
5: you've? No, no. no. So okay. what, it's what you declare at the time of applying for okay. the insurance. It doesn't matter how
3: your health might change after. Okay. So get insurance is yeah. really quickly before. So yeah. basically you're screwed if you're in my situation where you have a family and a mortgage and then you're applying for insurance for the first time if that were the case.
5: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not screwed. Not, not, be not <laughs> screwed. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that was the
0: wrong
3: term. It,
5: it's harder. And, and you have you have more to declare and you're you're better looking at possibly a policy outside of Super where you can deal direct with the the insurer. So let's say you went to a Zurich for example and you said, "Okay, I've seen a psychologist for three months in the past because um, a close family member died and I was struggling with the grief. You're not ongoing. You're not under medication. They will take that into account. A group policy won't. So you've got a lot more discretion and, and, and wiggle room if, if you look at insurance outside. So you're not screwed. Yeah, you just yeah, might need yeah, to go yeah. through
3: a different process. Is it more costly than two? Depends
5: how you do it. Mm. Yeah. Look, the gap used to be much bigger. Ten years ago, the gap was a lot wider between, you know, the group policies in super were so cheap mm. um, whereas and the, the personal policies outside of super were a lot more expensive and it was all commission-based, mm. whereas the structures are changing now so the gap's a lot smaller. Um but
4: it's good to go and get it outside of super because you know you'll be covered then. I hear a lot of people get knocked back with the default insurance because they haven't remembered to declare something or there's something some exclusion they don't know about.
5: Yeah, look, it's um it, you can have it more tailored to your specific circumstances circumstances. So underwriting's a big one. In terms of what and and what your health history is if you have a perfectly clean health history then you know you might easily breeze through in terms of applying through super but otherwise that's that's your alternate is to go outside of super because you'd hate
4: to pay like so much money over your lifetime and then you go to claim and there's something that's not quite right and you can't claim anymore
3: yeah And it's terrifying. You forgot to claim those hemorrhoids during pregnancy and now you're not. That one psychologist appointment
4: you didn't even realise you went to. Something like
3: that. Or if you go to the doctor and you've
5: said you've stressed or you know you're anxious or something like that, all that's on your medical report and all that goes through to potentially to the the insurer. So yeah, it's tricky. You've got to navigate it depending on your circumstance. But the younger you are, the healthier you are, the cleaner your health history. The easier it is to get the insurance in place but it's balancing the cost and the need for it too because you don't want to over-insure too young in anticipation of what you'll need or might not need in 10 years' time. So underwriting is a big one. And then the other things um, you can't have, trauma insurance in super oh okay. yeah so you can oh, have life that. cover you can have tpd and you can have income protection why can't you have trauma that is a good question okay. <laughs> okay. i
4: tra- actually don't know the answer to that when you said it's but the best one for people to have because it's the most likely they are to claim it it's interesting exactly. that it's not automatically in there in,
5: yeah and look i think it yeah look i'm not even going to try and answer that because i actually don't know okay. <laughs> we, can, but, yeah, if we can yeah we can sit here and wonder what the government's doing but yeah, anyway exactly so trauma I- if we've got death, TPD and income protection in super sometimes will take out a separate trauma policy outside so that that way you've got the two lots of insurance but you're fully covered mm-hmm. depending on on how we want to structure it. Um, so that's another way you can do it. You can do a bit in and a bit, a bit out. So trauma insurance is the one that you can't hold. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That age thing kind of goes back into the stepped first level premiums and how that works. Can you explain that? Um, I can. So stepped premiums, so imagine like stairs. So as time goes on, it gets more and more expensive. So if you took out, say, $500,000 of life insurance um, in your 20s, it'll cost so much. And then as you start getting older, the premiums will keep going up. And, of course, there's inflation and all of that that applies as well. Whereas level premiums, you pay more a constant amount for that cover. So you pay more when you're younger but less when you're older. So if you're intending to hold the policy for a long time, normally more than 13 years, Level premiums can be advantageous Mm -hmm. but if you're looking at changing or adjusting your insurance, which is what we recommend because your insurance needs are constantly changing. You're not going to need the same insurance in your 50s as you are in your 40s or your 30s. So it's common that we tend to do stepped cover for most people because that way we can just tailor the cover and manage that with the cost. But um, you, you do need to be prepared. The cost will increase over time. So, and there's a few more differences we still need to cover off. Tax is a big one, so my favorite subject. Mm. Tax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's stop that. But, and this is a really important one because if a policy is within super,
1: it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work.
5: and you are young and under preservation age, so preservation age is the age in which you can access your super, there will be tax implications of a payout through super, through insurance, through right. super. Yeah. Okay. And this is, and it could be as high as 22%. Oh, wow. Yeah, so big amount. So yeah. if you've got death cover or d- death's a bit different and it depends who you're leaving it to as well, but TPD, for example, there will be, um, tax implications of you receiving that payout in your 30s um, if you've had held the cover within super. Mine was like
4: $800,000 or something they worked it out to be. Yeah. But, yeah, interesting if you're losing 22% tax on that and you haven't considered that.
5: Exactly, because you need to gross it up yeah, I to didn't really think about allow, that. Yeah. allow for that tax component. Um, so, And the rule of thumb is is if you are paying with taxable money for the premiums, which you are yeah. with your employer contributions, the proceeds will be taxable. So any income protection payment that you get will be taxable income. No. Yeah, that's that seems like
4: the one thing the government should be like. Oh no, you can just have that. Like, yep. I'm sorry that happened to you. Here's your tax-free money.
5: Yeah, but, but because no. you're using pre-tax money to pay the premiums through super, it's something for else your you TPD, need to consider. Them. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. So whereas if you hold that policy outside, death. TPD and trauma, tend. you don't claim a tax deduction for those premium payments and you receive the proceeds tax-free. So that's one major advantage of holding it outside is that the tax, it's beneficial from a tax perspective. Yeah, because we're going back to income where you get
4: 55% of your income paid after 90 days, then you're also paying tax on that too. You've
5: got to gross and you can't gross it up because you can only insure for so- for so much. So, you know, but, but look that they will base it on your gross salary. So the 70% calculations on your gross, not, not your net. So it does factor in that, that tax component. But, um, so if you can claim a tax deduction for the premium or you're using super money to pay for it, it's going to be taxable and you know, and it's not nice. All the things to consider. (laughs) Yeah. So many things. (laughs) Exactly. And there's also just to throw into the mix, something else, there's something called a super linked policy. So this is a way you can get those policies from outside super, which have the better terms, which have the better definitions and which are potentially tax-free, but you can link it to super and pay for it through, pay the premiums through um, a super contribution. So it's something you've got to do through an advisor, but it's like a hybrid between the two. So that, that's a definitely an option worth considering if you want that outside of super policy but don't have the cash flow necessarily to be able to fund it, you can set up one of these super linked policies. That's a good option.
4: There's so many things I haven't quite heard of, talked about in this way. You're just like, oh, yeah, insurance is in your super, whatever. I'll deal with that later. Yeah.
5: There's so many things to think about. It's one of those things. And it's always on, I'll get around to it. I'll get around yeah. to it. And yeah. it's not until something, the biggest trigger point for me that I find with clients, with my young clients, is that something's happened to a friend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then that's the reality check and everyone's like, that's it, I need to get my insurance sorted. I'd never thought about it. This, I'd never thought this would happen happen to me. So, Yeah, yeah. especially
4: things like cancers as well in younger people or someone's parents, something happens to them. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
3: And then it feels overwhelming, right? Like just listening to you right now, in super, outside of super, how do I consider this? Which ones do I need? Tax. What about trauma? Yes. <laughs>
0: and
3: and so I guess yeah. it leads me to the next question. Let's say you need to revamp or rethink your insurance. Where do you start? Yeah. And unfortunately, there's no easy answer to that. There's no Look, there's online
5: comparisons, but I'm really skeptical sometimes because you don't know who's in bed with yeah, who. and who they're paying to be exactly. shut at the top. Exactly. Yeah. Someone's getting... A commission or a payment somewhere. So I always recommend you see an advisor because it's highly complicated. It's so specific to your circumstance, to your level of debt, to what your dependents are, to what your income is. There's no hard and fast rules that that can apply.
3: And if you see an advisor, do they get a cut? Like how does that work, the yeah. payment? <laughs> yeah, that is a
5: good question. Um, look, it depends on the advisor Yeah. because these days the, the way of providing advice has changed dramatically in the insurance Space. So at Guideway, we will, so someone comes to me to do a mortgage, right? And I get paid a commission on that mortgage. So, I will automatically do insurance cover because the way I see it, the commission I get paid on the mortgage, which the bank funds, not the not yep. the client, the commission I get on that mortgage covers the time to provide the advice on insurance as well.
4: And you already know them and their situation a lot better.
5: Exactly right. So, every single mortgage broking advice document I do and credit recommendations and so on has the insurance piece in there that's as well. That's really yeah. interesting. So, yeah. don't go to a mortgage broker, go to a mortgage broker and an advisor to get two-in-one. Exactly. Oh, that's a cool Because a straight mortgage broker isn't licensed Mm -hmm. to be able to provide advice on insurance, whereas I can do it all. So that's why. That's such a good.
3: I've never considered that as well. My mortgage is uh, coming up very shortly. (laughs) Yeah.
5: So there you go. You've got to find, if you can find an advisor who does mortgage broking as well as insurance, often you can bundle that together so that's that's one sort of statement of advice the other reason um you know a lot of my clients are older and I've got a whole new generation of um clients now from all their kids Mm. because they are recommending so it's a really intergenerational advice that I'm getting into and those parents will also see that the kids can't buy their first property without some help So we work out what assets we take it from from mum and dad to give to the son or daughter and then I give the advice on the mortgage broking and the insurance and often the super too because a big part of that is are you in a good super fund? Do we need to change super funds? Oh, hang on, we're looking at insurance too. Is there a better super fund for you that's got better cover for you? Because often the basis for changing super funds, yes, investment, but also insurance Mm -hmm. because depending on the industry you're in and blue collar, white collar, all of those considerations and that's really the value of advice but you've got to find the right fee structure. Yeah, You've got to find someone who's not just charging straight commissions because the cost of commission, so here's some frightening stats. Mm -hmm. You ready? (laughs) So in your first year of premiums, your first year of insurance premium, the the advisor gets 66% of that premium.
3: Whoa. Yes.
5: So wow. that's their commission, right? And then ongoing, they get normally around 20%. So whatever you're paying in insurance. Every single year you have it, they get twenty percent per year. Can you pay a flat fee for an advisor to not get commission on insurances? Yep. Yeah, you okay. And we often charge like that a guideway too, because I would rather especially um if I'm doing insurance at the higher end where, you know, the commission's extraordinary. Like I could go overseas and have an amazing holiday on, <laughs> on that one commission. commission. Like yeah. but it's just not right. No. Like it doesn't yeah. sit well with me being fee for service. So we always strip out commissions where we can. Unless it's to the client's advantage that we do it. So we sort of look at a few different hybrid hybrid models. Because sometimes trying to convince a 30-year-old to pay me a three to four thousand dollar advice fee yeah. to look at insurance is hard. Like that, that is a hard sell. So sometimes they prefer the commission-based model because even though their premiums might be slightly more expensive, it's more affordable
3: for them. We had a couple of questions in our Facebook group, and this one's actually mine, from, from our community, but it is, what's a reasonable price or percentage of income to pay for personal insurance?
5: Yeah, and look, that is a really good question, um, and it's going to come down to circumstance goals and objectives because everyone's situation is so different. So, let's look at circumstance, first of all. So, you imagine you got two 28-year-olds, they have both earning $70,000 a year, fully employed one of them saving madly, trying to get enough money together for a deposit on their first home. So no debt, no financial dependence. Now the other 28-year-old, she received an inheritance from her grandma for 200000 that allowed her to have a big deposit, bought a unit and has a debt of 300000 So they're on exactly the same income but their circumstance is very different. Their insurance needs are going to be totally different. So you can't really dictate a percentage of income in terms of what the premium should be. It really will come down to what their circumstances are and it's also going to come down to their goals and objectives. So I'll never forget this young couple that came in Ultra, ultra conservative. Like you mentioned a share or an ETF and they would walk out like, no. just a podcast. <laughs> yeah. super, super conservative. That's my grandparents. Yeah. But these guys were in their thirties, right? And they wanted to be insured for everything. They wanted the, the optimal level of cover for everything. And we did the calculations and I said to them, I said, it's going to be costly to have that level of insurance. So we, we covered them for absolutely everything and the premium was about eight grand a year in insurance premiums. For the couple? Yeah, for both of them. And I said, okay, so if you do this, yes, you have your optimal cover. You are being as conservative as you possibly can, but it means that $6,000 a year that we were going to be allocating into your investment portfolio isn't going to happen. So you're not going to meet your goal and objective of being able to retire by the time you're 60. Mm -hmm. So we need to weigh up the compromise between the two. So it's going to come down to that balance between having an appropriate level of cover but it being cost effective, because often what we recommend is the optimal cover. But it's finding that middle ground of what you can actually afford as well, and that's when you've just got to work with the advisor on yeah. what's what's do you feasible. Have like a rough like a rough guide of prices, like what do
4: insurances start from? What do like the super insurances start from? Because if you've never heard of insurances before, it's hard to know exactly like where where they start from.
5: Yeah, look, it depends on age, depends depends on on what job you do. I mean, you highlighted earlier that your high risk job in terms of being on a work site or in healthcare, your insurance is going to be very different. But if you use a super fund and have the insurance in there that's targeted at that industry, you might... Get a cheaper, group policy Mm -hmm. that way. So there's no figures. Yeah. I know that's frustrating, but look, you need to be prepared to pay over a grand. Yeah. So no matter how you slice and dice it, it's going to look at something. It's not too bad when
4: you're comparing it to car insurance if that's
5: $1,200 on average
3: and the car's not worth
5: anywhere near as much as we are. Yep. Exactly right. So insure, and that's why you know I use that example all the time with clients about that car um, and the cost your car. of it. Yeah. yeah, everyone gets. Most people get travel insurance. Exactly. So and and you insuring, but we just don't value enough insuring our future earning. Rebranding.
3: We're going to yep. rebrand it with a wrap. Yeah, <laughs> with a wrap. Yes. Do you have a wrap? No, not insurance. Not is at
4: the fun. I don't have life insurance. Do I need it? When do other people need it? When do you not
5: need it? Yep. Good question, Tash. Because you're. Like we've highlighted insurance needs are changing all the time on these treat these key trigger points, but as time goes on, you'll actually need less insurance. So often in the younger time, you want to insure your income, you want to insure yourself. So TPD, trauma, income protection is especially important. um death cover, not so much because if you pass away, there's nothing you yeah. need to pay. I remember I no was having this pay.
4: conversation recently because yeah. it was getting more and more expensive and they're like, oh, we actually have enough in assets to not need that level of cover anymore and having that balancing of mum feeling safe and dad feeling safe but also yeah. having the money anyway there. Exactly yeah.
5: right. And that's, I always say to clients every three to five years, you should be reviewing your mortgage and you should be reviewing your insurance. And in at Guideway they go hand in hand so we always do those as a package. Sort oh, of, that's you know, so handy. Situation. I don't hear
4: that, that enough. That's great. Yep.
5: Yeah, well, come to Caiapha. Yeah. The,
4: the package deal. Oh, I will come. When, am I, when my fixed interest rate is up, I will be there. Yeah. Oh, well done you to
3: still be on a fixed yes, rate. Yes, till
5: next year. Exciting. Yep. Half fixed, half fixed.
3: Yeah.
5: <laughs> um. So I think um every three to five years you've got to review it and as you get older it will get more expensive and it gets cost prohibitive and you actually don't need that cover. Mm-hmm. So as you get older your, your trauma needs might stay the same if not go up but TPD, life insurance, income protection, they will all change. And as your job changes, your level of income protection changes too. So as you build financial assets, as you build financial worth, your insurance needs come down. And that's a way of managing the premium payments too. That's good. Because yeah. in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's this endless payment that never, ever
4: ends, but it actually gets no, less.
5: It does. And as long as you review it and as long as you're sort of proactive about it, but it's not something you do every year. I would say probably every three to five years or Those key life events like having a baby, getting married, all those you know, taking on responsibilities, yeah, yeah. all of those. Anna's so, going to come see you, I guess, now. Yeah, yeah.
3: There's, uh, yeah, I have a whole list of things.
5: Yeah. <laughs> don't put it too down the, too far down the bottom. No, no, okay. I know.
3: Well, th- that's why Tash and I were talking about this. We're like, we, we do need to talk about insurance. It's a really important thing. I mean, I just wrote a book about planning financially for parenthood and a big part of that so is insurance, accounting. right? I wish I'd read that book oh, before me, I had children. Yeah, me, me too, right? But a big thing is there are... Um, for example, women or even men who have postnatal depression. Yep. And some of that gets covered as well exactly. uh, under insurances. And that's something that you might not have even considered had you not looked at your policy because you didn't know it was going to happen. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. So insurances and getting them younger when
5: you're healthier, it's a lot easier easier. but you've got to balance the cost like it is a balancing
3: act between the cover and and the premium so it's like compound interest right like the earlier you start the easier it is and then there's people you know like me who are getting a bit older who are like how how do I figure this stuff out now yeah exactly it's not hopeless for us we just (laughs) need to jump maybe through a few hoops set a date and then
4: you can come back and talk about it Yeah. Yeah. yeah When it holds you to it in a few months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's your checklist, your homework. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
3: exactly. So here's another question from our community. How to determine appropriate level of cover? Um, What are some of the things you need to consider?
5: Look, I always say it's got to pass the pub test. So it's got to make common sense. So if you go see an advisor and you've got a $200,000 mortgage, you're single, you've got no children, and they're recommending a million and a half of life insurance, is that, really going to pass the pub test like it doesn't ring true Mm -hmm. and that's you know it depends on the, the fee structure of the advisor as well but that's when you've got to be a little cautious and say okay is this advisor recommending the right the right level of cover for me so definitely the pub test and you've got to educate yourself You know, you've got to get an understanding of these different insurances and that will help you get a sense of, okay, this is what I might need. You don't need to be a mathematician. You know, you've got financial advisors to do the calculations for you, but it's that common sense overlay that you can use just to see if that, if that rings true.
4: Yeah. Decide if something happens, how much do you actually need to survive and how much do you have now?
5: Exactly. And then the financial advisors will calculate and it depends on on what level of cover. Some people just insure for debt. Some people insure for an additional lump sum that will provide an income to replace their income if they are permanently
3: disabled and couldn't work for a time. So it comes down to what your goals and objectives are. Yeah. as well in terms of the level of cover. And what I found interesting that you said before that I just thought of is also the generational wealth, right? Like you're having new clients that are younger coming in. Potentially there's inheritance that happened that might yeah. be different, you know? Yeah, inheritance tripled.
5: is a big one. Yeah. 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 Because that dramatically changes your net worth. Yes. So anything that changes your net worth, my six-year-old's learned to say, he doesn't understand fully what net worth means. <laughs> he, say, he says, Net wolf. Net <laughs> wolf. Net wolf. That's <laughs> I <love> cute. Because <laughs> he, he relates it to the soccer players. Oh, he loves the soccer players and they cute. talk about their net worth and their net wolf, he calls mm-hmm. it. But um, so as your net worth changes, and inheritances are a big one because that overnight will change what, yeah. your, what your financial asset base situation is. And And clients in their 50s and 60s, I will sometimes recommend cancelling insurances because it is a dead cost for them. That they don't need they've got sufficient assets and that's really the point in time that insurances are canceled is when you could afford to stop work and provide for yourself. so but until that point in time you've got to have some of these insurances there as a backup just in case yeah and yep. the privilege of having family to
4: rely on as well was having a conversation with a friend around this. Um, she has to support her family and she's like very financially responsible for a lot of people in her life but it's very different to me because I know that I kind of do have people I can rely on and it's best not to plan for that. But I do know in the back of my mind that is there, but other people don't have that. It's another big consideration.
5: Yeah. And look, if you've got Parents who have good financial backing, um, then that may be an option. That may be, um, yeah. but nobody wants to go to mum and dad no. and say this has happened. Can my I- parents are my insurance. Is
3: not <laughs> yeah. the yeah. best policy. It's, no, no. Look, yeah. it's a
5: fallback, I suppose,
4: but not ideal. Yeah, not ideal. I just want to ask this last question as well. Sure. What do you do
5: if you're denied cover? Yeah, look, that is a tricky one. If you you go outside of super and you're not back, it's that default cover you can get. So you'd be wanting to hunt around for an industry fund or or a super fund that's got a high level of default cover because there's very limited health checks or questions on that and there won't be some of the exclusions that might apply with, with some of those Policies outside of super. Will an advisor help you find that as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, it, and look, sometimes you can go through the insurance process and there's loadings or exclusions and the policy is not what you wanted. So you've got to look at an alternate. So if you are knocked back or rejected, then it's looking at what the next step is, what that other option is. Yeah. yeah. Someone said, should I just invest the amount you would spend on premiums elsewhere instead? Look, you could do that and self insure. Like that's essentially what you're doing. Um, but, that may work for some sort of insurances, but you're never going to be able to generate enough that no. would replace the insurance. So at least try and get some default cover within one of the super funds and your selection of super fund would be tailored more around who's got a high level of default cover for your type of work.
4: What are the most common reasons people
5: are excluded? look, it's health history. Okay.
4: So it's,
5: it's because they've seen a psychologist for six yeah. months, you know, it's because of those things. be seen as proactive and better and preventative. Yeah. So he, here's a classic, a client of mine was applying for TPD and he'd gone to the doctor because he'd injured his shoulder gardening, like just gardening, 40 year old guy gardening. And as a result, no ongoing, so you had a bit of, something to fix it but not an ongoing issue but they treated it as an exclusion they treated it as something that they wouldn't um it it counted and affected his capacity to get the insurance um because that was recorded on his medical history and everything's got to be disclosed yeah so you know it's um scary
3: that's that's terrifying yeah Yeah. (laughs) all the injuries yeah 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 yeah. i just yeah Yeah.
4: i hurt my shoulder i was a little bit stressed that day or yeah. yeah One time I had to claim workers' comp or whatever that was because I got bitten at work and they wouldn't pay for my two weeks off unless I claimed it, but that's kind of haunted me ever since and I don't want to scare people from claiming it. But it's all like, oh, have you claimed? Okay, like Red Cross there for that.
5: Yep. And it's such a process mm-hmm. to go through. So um, mental health the biggest exclusion that they – and it's a tricky one to satisfy too because it's not physical. Yeah. You know, it's – you know, if you have a, an injury like being bitten or you've had an accident and you physically hurt yourself, it's quite clear and – heart attack, um, breast cancer, it's diagnosis, whereas mental health is a really tricky one. And I think the insurance industry still has a way to go until we can get policies that adequately cover people and reflect things like postnatal depression and yeah. those sorts of things as women. You know, we just it, it's looking at policies that try and cover what we need.
4: Mm. And get rid of the stigma around mental health. Yeah. So you're seeing a psychologist as a preventative thing or to keep things in check, like that shouldn't be looked down on. Should yeah, I actually think it's quite healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. People People who've never been, State you should be like, mind. oh, what's yep. happening with you? Yep. Yeah
3: exactly we don't usually have action items when we have guests for our shows but i, I think actually, a massive action item is yep. go and check your insurance exactly see this what you got yeah yep
5: see what you need and just just look into it because you know you are very valuable you've got to insure yeah. yourself yep. um
4: you said before we should go and research it and learn more do you have yep. any resources
5: of where people should go to learn more yep. yeah well look guideway's got some great resources through our education platform the money smart website's another one that you can go to and but you don't want to overwhelm yourself with general information as well. The media and not media, but the um, internet can be your best friend and also a bit of yeah. overwhelming um, at times. But there's targeted courses you can do like that through money, that yeah. guide
4: way. That is it just called a personal insurance's
5: course? Exactly oh, yeah. right. Yep. I'll and, to remember to link and it. Coaching too. Yeah, like there are money coaches that we've got a team at guideway that focus that specialize in mortgage broking and insurance because that's just a key part of what we see the 20 30 year olds need in terms of advice So
3: amazing everyone yeah. go and do that yep exactly beautiful well thank you for being on the show yeah, my pleasure thank you so much. thanks for having me <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, please rate us five stars, write a review, or share with a friend. If you're new to investing, make sure to listen to our first 10 episodes. Follow us at Get Rich Slow Club or Tash at Tash Invest or me at Ana Christina.
2: This show was brought to you by Natasha Etchman, who is an authorized representative. 1299881 of Guideway Financial Services AFSL 420367 and Perla, who is an Authorized Representative 1281540 of Sanlam Private Wealth AFSL 337927. Knowledge is power, especially when it comes to investing. So make sure you check out our financial services guides and read the product disclosure statement and target market determination for any investments you're considering. See our show notes for more info.